My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. <laughs> I we recorded the intro. By the way, fun oh fact: we gosh. do the intro every single time. Every it's single time, a, it's not a recorded thing. We do it every time. Yeah. And my voice is a little cracky today. It's a little slow to wake up. <laughs> I love it though. And we recorded that like twice, and it's still cracky. That's so okay. You're whatever. gonna have a cracky Angela voice. <laughs> We're gonna roll with it today. It's beautiful. <laughs> You see me rolling. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And hey, I'm doing story time today. Yay! So you're going to get a lot of my voice. <laughs> That's going to be the best. Oh, my gosh. You're going to do great. Oh, thank you. I love it. I hope so. You're going to be fine. No, today's uh, number two of near-death experiences. So I'm just telling stories today. So that's that's fun. I like just being able to <laughs> cut and paste and be like, this is somebody's story. This is oh, it's, but it's so cool it's because fun. it's fascinating to hear everybody else's like opinions of what happened. And yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I have some cool ones lined up Yay. and I have some honorable mentions oh, and I good. call them honorable mentions because they're really premonitions. Oh, so prevented near death experiences. Spooky. Right? Okay. Given to us by one of our patrons. Yay. Hey, Miss Kate, we're What's telling up? some of your stories today. That's so awesome. <laughs> All right. But before we do, oh, 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 and Nicole. Yes. You have a cool stitch. It's not Amigurumi it's this not time, It's not Amigurumi because my, uh, my stitch time today is. Yeah. So let's dive in. Okay. What's got you in stitches, Nicole? Dude. Okay. I got so <laughs> frustrated. <laughs> with the, my sister-in-law came and visited and I was so excited. And yeah, sister-in-law. Yes. And I said, hey, I'll make you anything you want. And her request was Chattermax from Bluey. Oh, do 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 do. She was singing that when I came over. Bluey. Um, yeah, my kids love yes Bluey. Okay, so look at look look at Chattermax. Oh, those are so cute. Okay, so she found me a pattern. I could not find any other pattern. She found this free on the Bluey like Bluey TV pat like website. Oh, nice. And it's British. Yeah. <laughs> you know how long I, I do <laughs> British patterns. Trouble, trouble. And it was hard. It was, it even said this is a little bit more difficult, but you got this. I was like, okay, I can do anything. I love Yes, you can. No. Okay. <laughs> so, you guys need to be able to see your face. One of these days we will record our us. faces. Yeah, our faces. As okay. I gave her the, the stare because this pattern, okay, I learned not to. Well, I learned if you overstuff something, it's going to turn out terrible. <laughs> you want to see it? Yes. It's not completely finished, but it's, I just have to sew in some things. Uh-huh. You made it? You finished it? I want to see. Oh, it's so cute. Why is Chattermax skinny? <laughs> He's like on a diet. <laughs> I over and I even took out some of the, the you bottom took out part. Some of the fluff? No, I took out like the pattern part because it's it would have kept going. It was like Oh it was like two inches longer. So He's not okay. So Chatter well, Let me show you the pattern here. Hold on. Okay, so your Chatter Max is long and skinny, kind of like a pickle instead of short and round like a <laughs> tomato. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Does that make sense? But the eyes are amazing. I love the eye pattern. Yeah, my eye part was way better than I think they did. Yeah. And I didn't do the party version, but this is what it's yeah. supposed to look like. Okay. I don't know why, what happened there. That's interesting. It's crazy. So this is what it would look like. It's if it still was. stinking cute. Thank you. But it's, it's on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it got stretched out. I don't know. Yeah. I messed this up so bad. I don't know why. No, it was so cute. frustrating and he's so just hard. It's a pickle Chattermax. It's like, it's, a pickle. <laughs> it's like if Chattermax and Long Dog mated. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to take See, a picture. I'll put it on. But I can't. Cute. And then the it's stuffed so bad that I couldn't do the hole on the top. Oh, it's yeah. like coming undone. And you could see the stuffing. I don't know what I did. I, it, I messed this up so bad. I'm going to make her a new one. I think I might even make a new pattern. I might create my own. Yeah. Because the, the way that they said was at the top, it's like maybe 10 stitches or something. Yeah. But towards the bottom, you're like going all the way and you're closing and it's it's going smaller yeah so it's going to make that super long yes oh that's so weird how did they do that with this pattern i don't know exactly I was that so makes frustrated. no sense exactly that's probably why it's a free pattern because it's <laughs> a little bit messed up and your eyes are much better than yeah i like my eyes, eyes. Yeah. and there's even a pocket so that you can put the extra um feathers in for the party oh yeah party. yeah, yeah version but oh yeah like that one yeah yeah I'm so mad <laughs> so I was like you know it's what cute. I'm gonna do another pattern I'm gonna do one that's not an amigurumi to redeem myself because and I like your stitch thank you this frustrated me down oh, high hell it's so. so cute she's gonna get it I'm gonna make her a new one yeah sorry Missy oh she'll love it no that's the point of handmade is that they're always gonna be extra special <laughs> they have a lot of personality to them you're right yes even if it looks not like that. if it's a pickle chatter max <laughs> but seriously so you check out i'll put it i'll even link it on our website or if you want to check it out but holy cow this this is the bane of my existence it's i love it though thank you it's so cute <laughs> you do awesome work nicole <laughs> dang it amigurumi you got me this time. But Angela, what's got you in stitches? So over the weekend, my husband surprised me. I love it when he does these little surprises for me. He knows that I love it. It's one of my favorite things. So often he'll be like, okay, we're going on a date. So there are many <laughs> levels to this. We went on a date. It was the first time that we left our kids without a babysitter and put the older one in charge. Whoa. She's in junior high. Everybody's like of a preteen age. Yeah. And we were only going to yeah, be your gone kids for like two hours. Yeah. So, so my How'd husband was like, we are not going to have a nanny. She can communicate with us if we need to. She She's going to be in right? charge. She has an iPad. She didn't oh. want a phone. She wanted an iPad. So cool. we, but it's fine because we text with her all the time. Perfect. So like we can still, you know. It's not funny. This generation, they don't want to talk to anybody anymore. <laughs> no, they just want to text. <laughs> Which is they I've turned into too. <laughs> no, but she wanted an iPad because she draws all the time. Oh, and that's so, so, so much more helpful. she has all the doodle software on it. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, but she also uses it to text her friends or she'll play Roblox and talk to her friends on Roblox that way too. That's but, easier. Yeah. 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 I know. They don't like talking on the phone. It's nope. all text. I wonder if that's just like in 20 years, we're just going to be like phones are obsolete. Maybe. Because <laughs> no one wants to talk to anybody. It's going to be like, oh, what is it? Is it the new Google glasses or whatever? Oh. Where you can. Um, and those 
things are what like five thousand dollars or something it's insane unobtainable right now yes but you it makes a an image of your face so anytime you're talking to somebody it's an avatar of you that's talking to them and not you isn't that weird AI almost yes it's AI over everything oh AI oh man but it's scary so so you went on a date yes we went on a date and I didn't know where we were going and he pulls into this parking lot about 15 minutes away from our house, he pulls into this parking lot and he's like, so I thought we'd start our date by going to Schnitzel. You like hot dogs, right? And I was like, what? sure, okay. let's go to uh, No one's been to Schnitzel in like years. <laughs> okay. And I was like, cool, we can do that. And he's like, oh, just kidding. And then he pulled out and then we drove around a little bit more and I'm like looking around. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And then he parks behind all the buildings. I'm like, this is getting creepier. Where are we going? And then he pulls me into this um, this storefront, and it was called All Locked Up. And I was like, oh, it's an escape room. Oh, fun. <laughs> it was so cool. I've been wanting to do an escape room. Me too. For years. So this is my very first escape room. Awesome. And my husband and I did it together. Uh-huh. And it's called, it, the scenario was called The Garage. And so we go into a garage. They built a garage inside the strip mall. Whoa. <laughs> in the so we go into the garage and it's a garage. It has all these things everywhere. And they kind of start you off with a little bit of a story. They're like, your neighbor, Scott, is a handyman. This is his garage. You heard some weird noises. He'll be home in an hour figure out what was going on in here and that's kind of it and then they're like here's a pad a paper and a pen oh you get to write notes go for it good yeah yeah you can write notes and then you're in there and you're looking around and like what are clues were you with other people no it was just the two of us oh fun which is exciting but sometimes we don't communicate well (laughs) (laughs) as a lot of couples yes you're not alone right but we worked together as a team so well Yay. and it was so fun. Oh, and good. I will say that we escaped Woo. barely. Oh, but was we, it like a time limit? Yeah. Yeah. You okay. have an hour. Oh, OK. You have an hour. And we did get thrown off a little bit. I think they allotted us uh, a couple extra minutes because one of the keys. So there's a bunch of lock boxes around and a lot of them have keys some of them are number locked and some of them are um just like different types of locks okay that you have to look around the room and figure out how to unlock them right and there's clues everywhere and then inside each lock box leads you to the next lock box and all the clues to get you out of the room fun so super fun yeah super cool i want to do it one of the locks opened a key to a lock that it should not have opened oh and so that's why i think they gave us like an extra couple minutes because we got stuck there for a while and the game master had to get on the 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 little screen and be like Okay, that key wasn't supposed to open that lock. <laughs> so find another. Because <laughs> we were like trying to figure out that clue forever and we couldn't figure it out because we didn't have all the information for that clue yet because we weren't supposed to open that box yet. Does that make sense? Yes. So there was a little bit of that, but we made it out of the room. It nice. was so much fun. Good. It was scary. We definitely like had a moment of like, nope. And like, I definitely screamed really, really loud. <laughs> That's awesome. And there were definitely times where you get hints. So the game master will give you, if you ask for hints, you get three. Okay. And so there were definitely a couple times where I was on the right track with some of the clues, but I was just overthinking it a little no, bit. No, I do that and all so, the time. And so, you know, I'd be like, give me a hint. And then the clue master would be like, you're on the right track, but 
maybe adjust this part of your thinking and then I would just bust up laughing because I'm like oh duh of course you know and then then you know, figure it out and I'm like the game master is probably laughing at us so hard because we're like barely missing <laughs> just one little bit Yikes. of evidence on this stuff but it was so much fun we had Good. a blast yay and the kids survived and nobody died no we fed them I made them dinner we gave them lots of popcorn they watched Nimona and then that was it we were home oh yeah easy so it was easy two hours back home and they were fine. They were fine. That's so good. Yay. Man, time is flying. Your kids are getting old. I know. Oh. I just registered my oldest for junior high. Man. So she's ready to go next week. So it's exciting. Ah, I'm time. glad you got some time to yourselves, though. Me too. And that you can do that more it often was now. Awesome. I would we need to do an escape room. It's so okay. fun. Yeah. It's so fun. Mom it's date. So fun. Yeah, mom date. Mom woo date. Woo woo. <laughs> definitely gonna do it again i highly recommend it if you have ne not done an escape room go do one it's really Yay! fun they're really fun okay awesome so are we ready to get stitching i'm like so i'm staring at her stitch that she did so i'm ready to dive in yeah should we, should we get stitching yeah let's get stitching let's get stitching <laughs> What's funny about this stitch is that I was showing Angela the pattern and she was looking at the the actual like graph of it and she's like oh you do this this and this and this and that's so easy I'm like yeah I can see it now <laughs> but today we're doing the iris stitch which is super easy and super quick if you know what you're doing yeah 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 I was reading up she sent me a link she's like I'm gonna do this stitch we haven't done it yet and I'm like no we haven't and I was reading it and the, but it looks similar to ones that you've done it looks similar to I would say similar to the lotus stitch yes mm -hmm. it's kind of a little bit of a fan or a shell kind that's of shape why I to like it, it. yeah because yes. I know like how to do shell. it yeah. it's like a shell so it's super easy all you've got to do is crochet your foundation chain of um in multiples of four mm -hmm. and then you want to chain three at the end super easy and then all you got to do is go back in the fifth stitch and you're going to do two double crochets two double crochets a chain a chain and then two more double crochets two double crochets That's all it. in the same stitch all in the same stitch so it, you go back on the fifth chain fifth chain and then you do two chain one two yep doubles. That's it. Yeah. and then you skip three skip three and do the same thing in that fourth chain. So that's the iris. It's two doubles, a chain, chain two, two doubles. doubles, all in one stitch. That's it. Skip three. Yes. Okay. And you work your way all the way down. And then that row one, you're just going to want to do a one double crochet in the last stitch. One double. Okay. So that we're making that kind of double crochet exactly border that's going up. Yes. So you're either chaining three or doing a double crochet. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is going to be easy because then you're going to chain three on row two. Uh-huh. And then you do the same thing that two double crochets, one chain, two double crochets in the big chain space. And so I had to watch this because oh, I was like, where's the chain space? So you're going it's in like the... in between the, those. Remember, you did the two doubles, the chain. Uh-huh. And two doubles. And two doubles. That chain space that you just did. Is where you do the next iris. Is where you do the next one. Oh. So that's what makes it that kind of fun fan shell shape. Yeah. And then they and stack on it. top of each other. Yes. It's a really pretty 
gentle kind of wave. Yes. I like it. It's so easy. And I, once I got it, I was like, I got it memorized. The only thing is at the end of that row two, you just got to find your last chain space, which is a little, she was even showing three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a little tough to find. She's like, you can either do it in there or in that space. It doesn't matter if you want to add a border, it's going to change it. So it's super easy, but yeah. And then you just keep doing that. And the nice thing with this, and I'll link the, the website to it, is that you can change the color every time and every row. Yeah. And it makes it this really pretty. So I did some blues and whites. I'll take, I'll show you guys on there. Very beachy. Social. Yeah. So I was like, what do you want to make with this though? I didn't know what to think. So I was like, maybe like a shawl or something. You can do a shawl. I, it looks like you could do like a headband with it too. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. You see, I'll come to you. You come to me for colors if you want and I'll come to you for ideas yeah. on how to you're, do it. You're good at putting colors together. <laughs> I, like, I, don't I don't like know. my color combinations, but you always like... I like the way you group your colors together. You do very well with Thank that. you. Yeah, I try. That's awesome. But yeah, Yay, super Nicole. easy. Yeah, Iris Stitch. I did something that's not Amigurumi. Yay! I know. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yes. Yay. So I will link it. Check it out and let us know if you create anything with it or if you've already done. We want to see your creations. Yes, we do. So where do we go, Angela? Oh, we go to theominousstitch at gmail.com. That's our email address. You can email us there. You can also post anything on any of our social medias, The Ominous Stitch Podcast. Mostly Instagram is where we post. We post on Facebook. We have a TikTok, which we have a couple of things on TikTok. Not so much. But yeah, most of the time. like to we, search Yeah, TikTok. we search TikTok. That's what we do. <laughs> we scroll through TikTok. Yeah. But one day we'll, we'll put more videos yeah. on. So. Yeah. Yeah. But mostly Instagram. Yeah. We want to see what you're making. Yes, So please. send it to us. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Okay. Well. Is it story time? Is it story time? It's story time. <laughs> Stitchers. So for story time this week, we're doing part two of near death experiences because yeah. I had so many stories that I didn't get, get to. to tell. And there's still, I mean, there's so many stories out there. So I just picked a handful of them that I thought were interesting. Okay. But before I dive into those, I did want to do two honorable mention stories because these come from one of our patrons, Miss Kate, she sent these to us like a long time ago. So Kate, are you ready? So Thanks, she sent Kate. us two stories and I'm giving these honorable mentions because they aren't near death experiences in the way that we think of near death experiences. She didn't actually die and then come back. This is premonition telling her to you better get your butt out of whatever situation you're in right now because something is about to go down. That's so scary. Right? Ugh. Scary. Okay. So this one happens where Kate was getting ready for church one Sunday morning. Okay, so I'm just going to dive in. Okay. First of all, when Kate first started writing us, I was like taken aback by how well she writes. She's a good storyteller. Oh, yeah. So sorry, Kate, I'm jumping kind of in the middle of this story that you <laughs> sent us. But I, I'm going to go quick about this. So this she was getting ready for church and she was um, I'll, I'll dive in right there. So. She was in the downstairs small bathroom, blow drying her hair and getting ready to go to church and uh, replaying a conversation that she had the day before with some other church people. So we'll start there. So one Saturday evening, sitting upstairs in the living quarters of Hyde Park Church, this is in Chicago, 
Our conversation veered into the area of incidents where people have had a premonition about a flight they are scheduled to take, some ominous feeling, Mm. and not taking the flight after all, and it crashing, a type of precognition, getting a sense of knowing something before it happens. We were trying to figure out where that came from. The following morning, so she had this conversation on a Saturday night, the following morning on a Sunday. Um, at home, the good teenager that I was, I was in the downstairs small bathroom blow drying my hair, getting ready to go to church and replaying the conversation in my mind from the previous evening. It was intriguing and I was still thinking about it. Suddenly, I had this super strong, unmistakable urge and thought that I needed to step out of the bathroom immediately. It was so strong that I immediately stepped out of the bathroom. Just then, the heavy glass light fixture, which was above the bathroom mirror, fell and shattered all over the sink. No! <laughs> Isn't that crazy? She's just like, she hmm, knew I need to move, right? Yeah. I was 17 at the time. The light fixture had been there since we moved in when I was three. So for 14 years. Again, because math. Ha 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 ha. Kate, you're our people. Okay. Uh, It had hung there for 14 years, but somehow just seconds before it fell, I was made aware that I needed to move. It likely would have fallen right on my head. I was shaking like a leaf, completely freaked out. I put the hairdryer down and went upstairs to tell my parents what had happened. They totally downplayed it. They seemed more concerned about the fact that the light had fallen and shattered than about my crazy knowing before it happened. No. (laughs) But that was the first of several experiences of precognition that I have had. So I thought that was awesome. And the other one that, that I wanted to read, I wanted to read it at our at, at the first near-death experience because we watched um, Final Destination Final 2. Destination 2. So I wanted to include this oh, with Final Destination because 2 because this saw... happens in a car. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so kind of like attach this story to that one. Got okay, it. Okay, so here we go. As I've mentioned previously, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. When I was home summers in between college years and later... During grad school years, I spent a lot of time in the city, either driving to work, going to concerts downtown, or to see my girlfriend. Anyways, on one of those many trips into the city, I was driving on the highway and found myself behind a truck for a glass company, you know, like that installs windows. It was not a semi, but one of those smaller open back trucks often used by utility or construction companies. I was not behind it long before I had a very strong cognitive impulse that I needed to move from behind it to get into another lane. So I did. Right after I switched lanes, a very large metal frame, we're talking maybe 10 by 10 feet, fell out of the back of the truck and literally landed standing up in the roadway. It was sliding upright in the lane to my right, a very peculiar sight to see and drive past. But I was indeed so grateful that I was driving past it and hadn't had it land on or right in front of me. There was plenty of traffic around. When is there not in Chicago? Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine the disaster it would have caused. Luckily, the cars that had been behind me were far enough back that they had plenty of time to slow down and change lanes. But once again, another time where significant physical harm or potential death was avoided due to foreknowledge. No! Right? Good job, Kate. Uh, She had another similar incident within the last 10 to 15 years, which again stemmed from a strong impulse to change lanes on a highway. And soon finding that a semi-truck's tire had disintegrated on the road and littered the highway. 
but that foreknowledge came a couple minutes before. And so I guess I just don't link it as strongly as the moment seconds before experiences. But yeah. And she had another one where she was on a college campus. I don't have this pulled up, so I'm remembering it. Kate has had many of these. Mm-hmm. I call her Cat <laughs> because she's, you know, quick as a cat. Yeah, quick as a cat and had many lives <laughs> that she's like saved herself from. But yeah, there was another one where she was, I think, on a college campus walking with somebody and then had the strong urge that she needed to get off the sidewalk. Right. And uh, because a car came around that corner. It was a big van, right? Yeah, it was like a campus security van or something. Came around the corner and was driving on the sidewalk and would have run her her over. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Good intuition. Oh, man. So very cool. So those are honorable mentions because they aren't near death experience, but they're escape death experiences. (laughs) But let's get into some stories of NDEs of people who weren't as lucky or had as quick cat-like reflexes reflexes Mm -hmm. as as cat as kate did so the first story the first five stories actually these are kind of short but i thought these were pretty cool um come from the magis center which i talked about at the last podcast right so the magis center so these are five really short stories of near-death experiences so story one is called finding dentures and i think i mentioned this in the last podcast maybe this is a story In a 2001 study by renowned cardiologist Pim Van Lommel, a man who had been in a deep coma later told a nurse that he recognized her. He told her that he saw where she had placed his dentures during resuscitation efforts. That's right. And then described the cart where she placed them. They were there precisely as he described it. So that's a moment of when you come out of your body and astral projection where you can see what's happening. I thought that one was cool. So here's story number two. A child meets relatives. No. One man who had an NDE as a child recalled the experience of meeting dead relatives. There were some presences there. There were some ladies. I didn't know them at the time. They were so loving and so wonderful, and I just didn't want to come back. I didn't see any pictures of them until I was an adult. But then I said, oh, yeah. They were my great-grandmothers who had died years before I was born. That's cool. Crazy. Right? So loved ones that you haven't met, but they love you and they've been watching you your whole life, come to greet you and welcome you. That's so sweet. That's sweet. I and love then that he was connection. able to recognize them later. Yeah. Near-death experience story number three, a life review. So this is another thing that happens is that sometimes you get to see moments of your life. Often people relay their near-death experiences as a review of their life. Though life review experiences cannot be deemed scientifically veridical, which is a big fancy word for saying true, Mm. they are worth noting. They can have a profound effect on the (laughs) (laughs) NDE-er and sometimes cause them to to re-examine their life and morals. Oh, I'm hitting my microphone. Sorry about that, guys. Below is a doctor's description of the life review of an NDE patient. When he realized that collision was imminent, the patient said that the time seemed to slow down as he hit his brakes and went into an uncontrolled slide. Then he seemed to pop out of his body. While in this state, he had a life review, which consisted of brief pictures, flashes of his life. His car struck the truck and the truck bed crashed through the window, causing multiple injuries to his head and his chest. 
Medical reports show that he was in a coma and nearly died, yet he had a vivid sensation of leaving his physical body and entering into darkness. He had the feeling of moving up through a dark tunnel toward a point of light. Suddenly, a being filled with love and light appeared to him. Now he had a second life review, or life review proper, one guided by the being of light. He felt bathed in love and compassion as he reviewed the moral choices he had made in his lifetime. He suddenly understood that he was an important part of the universe and that his life had a purpose. Hmm. I feel so comforted by these stories. Yeah. I, just, I think they're they're giving me like a sense of peace. Although the first time I did this topic, I was like, I don't want to go to sleep. <laughs> you were telling me that. Yeah. yeah. But now like I, I feel, I feel comforted by these. Me too. Traveling through walls. So this is astral projection, but like kind of in a ghost light state. So some indie ears report stories of, this is that. They love word that word. Again. I know. Veridical. 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 <laughs> true out-of-body experiences including traveling through walls to the waiting room where they see their relatives and friends one patient reported traveling through a wall and seeing her young daughter wearing mismatched plaids which was highly unusual another woman traveled through a wall and overheard her brother-in-law in the hospital waiting room talking to a business associate in a very derogatory manner. Ooh. Oh, no. She was able to report this back to him later. Ha! Caught you. <laughs> I died, and I caught you talking badly to... That's messed up, yeah, man. Yeah, that's not cool. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> How would you... Oh, my gosh. Caught How would you, you feel if, like, Someone you're in a traumatic state and, like, you know, somebody that you love is dying in the next room and you're taking it out on somebody and then they come back and be like, I know what you did. Yeah. That, Don't that take was, it out oh on other people. Gosh. I think that would like, that's the ultimate like set you straight moment, right? right? Should be. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Story number five. A blind woman has sight restored. Ooh. I think this one's cool. As mentioned above, some blind people report being able to see during their NDE. Psychiatrist Brian Weiss tells the story of a blind uh, elderly woman. She suffered a cardiac arrest during her stay in the hospital where I, Dr. Weiss, was the chairman of the psychiatry department. She was unconscious as the resuscitation team tried to revive her. According to her later report, she floated out of her body and stood near the window watching the resuscitation. So astral projection, watching them resuscitate her. She observed without any pain whatsoever as they thumped on her chest and pumped air into her lungs. During the resuscitation, a pin fell out of her doctor's pocket and rolled near the same window where her out-of-body spirit was standing and watching. The doctor eventually walked over, picked up the pin, and put it back in his pocket. He then rejoined the frantic efforts to save her. They succeeded! Yay! <laughs> a few days later, she told her doctor that she had observed the resusci resuscitation team at work during her cardiac arrest. No, he soothingly reassured her. You were probably hallucinating because of the anoxia, lack of oxygen to the brain. This can happen when the heart stops beating. But I saw your pin roll over to the window, she replied. Then she described the pin and other details of the resuscitation. The doctor was shocked. His patient had not only been comatose during the resuscitation, 
but she'd also been blind for many years. Isn't that cool? Do you guys have goosebumps? That's so cool. It's so cool. Okay, this next story, and I think I like doctor stories. I I found myself attracted to a lot of this. Well, it just makes sense because a doctor has to think very realistic yeah, and they're very they're very medical yes. and scientific yes. in their approach and they to have things. to approve, you know, like right. They a use the scientific method, yeah. Yeah. In, and you can't use the scientific method when no. you have these NDEs. No, I think this next story is the same woman who is in that um, Beyond Death, the Netflix series. Oh, cool! I think it's called Beyond Death. Yeah, uh, I, I mentioned that in the last one, but I didn't say the name right of the Netflix series. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Yes. I never say names right. <laughs> we know that by now. You guys have known me for a year. <laughs> you know I can't say words. Hashtag because words. And we're on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I should rethink some life choices here. <laughs> no, we love this. We love oh, this my so goodness. much. Okay. Orthopedic surgeon and NYT bestselling author. Marcy C. Neal, MD. Oh, Mary. Because <laughs> you, you saw Hashtag the C. Because words. Her name is Mary. Mary C. Neal. You put the C in MD. there. That's why you call her Marcy. Marcy. Oh, my goodness. That's okay. I was thinking, uh, I was channeling Amphibia. I was channeling Amphibia. What's her name, Marcy? <laughs> yeah, one of the characters is Marcy. Amphibia. Marcy, no. Okay. <laughs> Orthopedic surgeon and New York Times bestselling author, Mary C. Neal, MD, is an orthopedic surgeon. She is the former director of spine surgery at the University of Southern California. Woo-woo! Fight on Trojans. And is a founding partner of Orthopedic Associates of Jackson Hole. Her afterlife experience has been featured on national media and in her New York Times bestselling book, Seven Lessons from Heaven. So this is an article written on May 13th of 2020. And it's on uh, mindbodygreen.com. Ooh, That's okay. where this article comes from. Almost 20 years ago, while kayaking in Chile, a drowning accident left me technically dead for more than 30 minutes. Technically dead. Technically dead. Ugh. As a practicing orthopedic surgeon, I've spoken publicly and widely about the spiritual medical implications of my near-death experience. Invariably, after I speak, a crowd lines up to talk. And trust me, it's not because I'm an unusually riveting speaker. (laughs) When people wait around for answers, certain questions consistently surface. Here are the most common ones and how I answer them based on my own experience. Okay, so these are what she answers to these common questions. Oh, I love it. Did you see your departed loved ones? And her answer is, in my experience, this is a definite yes. Oh, a definite. Definite yes. Soon after leaving my body, I was greeted by a group of beings who were simultaneously familiar and unfamiliar. This may sound strange, but I felt nothing but peace and happiness in their company. I have experienced the deep pain of losing people I dearly love, and it is a great comfort to me to know that when I next return to what I think of as heaven, my son and all the other people I love who have gone before me will be there waiting. Was anyone sick or suffering? No. The loved ones I saw who died in illness were restored to health, and those who were crippled in life had restored to strength. 
I cannot begin to tell you how important this fact is for me personally. My son's body was mangled after he was struck by the car of a young man who was driving distractedly. But when I subsequently saw him, he was whole, strong, and vibrant. Aww. Isn't that sweet? That was very sweet. So my, my thing about this, which I had a question for somebody on TikTok who I follow about uh, past life and um, what's it called? Reincarnation. Yes. So my question was, if you have, if you, you're near death and you see, or even at death and you see your loved ones all gathered around, how does that tie in with the reincarnation theory that your loved ones are probably going to be in the world with you at some point in a different life, right? So how are they in two places at once? Oh, do you see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. Because we're kind of doing the cycle. So, so yeah, because you've talked about the cycle of the 15 people, the 15 yes. souls that kind of stay with yeah. you. So that's an interesting question. My only thought could be is that those are the ones, the ones that you see are the ones that are, that haven't come back into the world yet. Sure. So there's they're just waiting for you to come. So that you can all do it again. So that you can all either go together or... They're rotating. They just haven't. <laughs> yeah, they just haven't gone through yet. I right. feel like there's always people in and people that will go before you or go after you. Right. Because, you know, everyone's working on different timelines. Exactly. But yeah. So, yeah. So I guess it's just not everybody's there or they're all waiting. Yeah. Which is interesting, so. right? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> huh. I don't know. I don't know. I asked that question, actually, I think, to somebody, but they didn't say anything. Yeah. But that, I just thought that was interesting. Anyway. That was interesting. Well, I wanted to tie, to tie back to this because I actually have a, a personal story of when I was at um, a memorial service for a friend of mine. Her mother had passed. Right. And this is the mother that visited me quite often. And yes. I kind of did a reading for her. So I was at the service and this is how I knew that I could talk to the mom. Um I felt compelled to get up and talk about her. Mm -hmm. And she she was very sick. She had cancer and it was very painful for her at the end. And she told me to get up and to tell everybody that she feels great and she's not in pain anymore mm -hmm. and she's still here. Right. And like I could see where she was in the crowd watching wow. everything going on. So it was interesting. I couldn't like see her with my eyes. I yeah. saw her with my mind's Mind. eye. Right. That, and I knew where she was and I just felt compelled that I had to get up and speak and say she's here she's not gone she's here and she's mm -hmm. always going to be here with us she's just not in pain anymore and she's feeling wonderful and great mm -hmm. and whenever I would see her she'd always make a point to tell me like she'd dance around and she'd be in her um you know little she wore a bikini she'd be like in a little bikini and she'd like feel really good and be dancing around Aww. and had this like you know, cute little body of uh, of her youth. Right. And like her face, I knew her when she was older, so I still recognized her face in that way, like how I would know her. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I felt like she was just very youthful and vibrant. And yeah, you know. I feel like physical. Yeah. Your physical life is going to yeah be non-existent in a way. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So and, and she was, you know, you dancing, do whatever you want. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Swimming with dolphins. She loved dolphins. So Aww. she would swim with dolphins and. Uh, yeah, so it was, it's really interesting, but that's how when I had my moments of seeing people on the other side, that's how they always came through too. fully health restored, mm -hmm. feeling good, feeling like their youthful self in their best version of 
of their bodies. Full of their energy that they yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Do you think loved ones who have passed away can see us here on earth? And her answer is, I believe the answer is yes. Don't watch me in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I was separated from my physical body, I was simultaneously aware of what was happening up above and what was unfolding on the riverbanks where I had drowned. I thought about my husband and my children, my parents and siblings, and not all about my and not at all about my work or other earthly worries. As I hope I, not. <laughs> right? <laughs> like I'm dying. Yeah. Oh no. What about my work? <laughs> I gotta get that job done. <laughs> As I thought of each one, I was able to empathetically be a part of them, transferring a feeling that is that everything is fine. It was as if a part of my spirit traveled to wherever they were at that moment to pass on an awareness of contentment to their psyche. Aww. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. I fully believe that. I, I fully believe that once we leave our physical form, when we're in our spirit form, we are not bound by any physical no. limitations. So we can be everywhere all at once. Like you were saying, there's no time. There's also. no time and there's no space. Yeah. Yeah. So you can be everywhere all at once. It's that movie. Yeah. Everything everywhere all at once. There you go. <laughs> I still need to watch it. I haven't seen uh, it yet. Have I you liked seen it? it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. My husband didn't, but I did. <laughs> I, I have a feeling I'll probably like it. Yeah. What was your biggest surprise? As a medical professional, I can tell you I was surprised and deeply reassured to find that spirituality and science are never in conflict. But we I, all do. We think that we're in conflict. Everybody in Earth always does that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's we, like there's a separation. We like to, you know, have these hard lines and mm -hmm. define everything. They cannot mix together, but that's because we have a physical time and space limitation. I think that if you look beyond that, of course, everything is interconnected. Right. Science is how we understand the spirituality in this world, mm -hmm. the mystic in this world. It's, it's how we're trying to learn and connect to it. So I think, of course, they are not in conflict with each other. It's a way of us trying to understand and figure it out through mm -hmm. different methods. And if they seem in conflict, it's because we don't have the understanding to be able to figure that one out yet. Exactly. That's what I think. I like it. Okay. So let's see. Where is I? I'm never in conflict. I was surprised, too, by my utter serenity as life left my body and even more so by my lack of desire to return to earth. But I was most astonished by the discovery that God's promises are actually amazingly and abundantly true. As one who came to religion in adulthood, I had hoped these truths were true, and I nearly always believed that they were. But my experience taught me that we can move beyond hope and belief to something much better and more powerful. We can live with absolute trust. I thought that was beautiful. And that can change how you and I live right here on earth. Aww. Yeah, that's I think that's the best story to take from this is that when people come back, a lot of people will view their near death experience through a religious lens because that's kind of the method that we've developed on earth to explain and to connect with what happened mm -hmm. is that when you die, you go to heaven and depending upon what religion you work with, a lot of them have that belief that there is an afterlife and mm -hmm. you you go there. Right. What I take from it, whether you're 
Christian or um, not or any other major religion on earth um, that believes in an afterlife, you have your religion that has that association with how afterlife works, Mm -hmm. right? I grew up Christian, so I have that Christian perspective on you have a God. Some people are like, it's like an alien being Mm -hmm. if you don't necessarily share that association with Christianity or there is um, other gods from other religions mm-hmm. that you see. Remember Hinduism, you've got many gods. <laughs> yeah, and- yeah, yeah. So you have your version of the love. Yes. It all boils down to that absolute love. Exactly. And acceptance. And or if you're um, Buddhist, you know, mm-hmm. it's the one you're going back to mm-hmm. that, that one center. Um, Let go of all your earthly possessions. <laughs> they don't matter yeah it doesn't matter nope and when people come back from that near-death experience they hold on to that they're like everything that we're doing here doesn't matter what matters are the relationships that you create the love that you build the trust that you build with each other it's relationships Mm -hmm. that's what matters and um coming from a christian background that's what i hold on to because i have a lot of issues with christianity and the way that a lot of the ways that a lot of the times it's oh, being just, practiced yeah religion in general religion in general is yeah. is tough it is um but what i hold on to is that love is the greatest power that there is mm-hmm. on the earth and if we learn to love each other and move forward with acceptance and tolerance and know the feeling that you know i'm a parent so i have this oh love absolute that you build love. with yes. your with your children and with your family and Mm -hmm. and learning to understand that and move forward with that kind of a feeling towards other people you know I think that that's the best way to move through earth okay I'm getting off my little (laughs) my sermon is over (laughs) I think at one random thought was that I was watching a TikTok video and it was like the most positive things on earth and you watch human beings being awesome to mm-hmm. each other or yeah. animals being on and it just made me cry because it's it was like, beautiful it makes yeah it just touches your heart yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're so. all we all have that in us to have that love and that acceptance and that it just it's pure joy and pure light and that's I think the whole point of being on this earth everything else is like trivial doesn't matter yeah but it's you know to discover love and to learn more about that and acceptance and tolerance of each other and and learning how to build trust with people that are different than you Mm -hmm. and have different ideals and different beliefs you can still find common ground with them and still find ways to um, accept each other and move forward Mm -hmm. in a caring and loving way exactly so all right now I'm off my soapbox I love it (laughs) Love, 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 love. Okay, our next story is an article that comes from WBIR.com. And this is a news story in Tennessee of two people. One went to heaven and the other one went to hell. Oh, yay. So these are their near-death experiences. <laughs> no. They can't all be positive. You've got to throw some, some, you know. Ominous. <laughs> some ominous in there, Yeah. <laughs> 
It is the ominous stitch <laughs> after all, right? You got to be ominous somewhere. So Tin News spoke with Knoxville with a Knoxville woman who says she felt light and warmth after she suffered critical injuries when a car hit her in 2017. A Blunt County man said he actually saw hell. <laughs> Knoxville, Tennessee, a warm light and feeling of peace, a vision of your life as you've lived it. Again and again, people across cultures have described feelings of what it's like to die and then come back, sometimes reluctantly to this world. It's a phenomenon that persists to this day. Debates continue in science about just how real it is. Doctors themselves cannot say definitively what may be happening, but many don't deny it's possible. Priscilla McGill knows it's possible. She says it happened to her in March 2017 after she was struck by a vehicle while walking across Woodland Avenue west of Central Street in North Knoxville. At first, I just remembered like sitting on a cloud in light and peace and calm, mm -hmm. she told 10 News. No fear, none. The experience forever changed her. A Blount County man told 10 News when he collapsed years ago in a stabbing, he ended up going through literal hell. <laughs> I knew my body was still on the gurney, but I was floating and I began to hear screams of people all around me crying and wailing, says Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> His name, name is Ronald Reagan. He goes by Ronnie, but yeah, wow. <laughs> it's a big name. Yep. Uh, who ended up becoming a preacher. No. Yeah. <laughs> he turned yeah, there. he turned his life around. When medical students are learning to become doctors, there's little preparation for the possibility that a patient might go through a near-death experience, says Dr. Jeff Johnson, a cardiologist at the University of Tennessee Medical Center. But he doesn't doubt a patient can experience it. He recalls one man specifically who believes he died and then came back. There are some people who seem to be content with it, like my patient, and I think there are those people who go on this go on these deep quests to try to understand more about it, Johnson said. It remains a mystery for, for which there might one day be a better scientific explanation, he said. Now we're going to dive into their stories. One night in March 2017, Miguel walked to the Woodland Market on Woodland to buy cigarettes and a soda. She finished the errand, visited with some folks, and decided about 9.45 p.m. that it was time to head back home. As she crossed Woodland, she dropped her cigarettes in the road. She bent down, grabbed them, and that's about the last thing she recalls before being hit by a vehicle. Oof. It was a momentous turning point in her life. She was taken to UT Medical Center, she said, with crushed knees, oh. broken ribs, injuries to her hip, her femur, internal injuries, and multiple cuts. She spent months in the hospital during which she coded, lost consciousness with her heart stopped beating several times. Mm. McGill recalls vivid experiences during these times in which she saw people she knew, including her mother, as well as fields, bright flowers, lavish settings, and a heavenly mother figure who told her she could not stay. In fact, the figure said she would have to go back to the living. I was on a ventilator for a long time, she told 10 News. I couldn't talk, but I wasn't scared. Miguel insisted she'd been shown what death would be like and that it wasn't a terrible thing at all. It just wasn't her time. I've heard people tell me they had you on plenty of high-powered drugs, but until you experience it, I don't think you can really 100% change them. She said, today she believes it's her duty to testify for God to bring people closer to God. I feel like I need to tell people, you know, is your heart right? 
That's a feeling to which Ronald Reagan can relate. As a young man growing up in East Tennessee, he'd lived a rough life, one that included repeated crime and violence fueled by drugs and alcohol. At age 25, a fight almost ended it outside a packaged liquor store. I hit him and knocked him down, he recalled describing an adversary. He broke a bottle and started stabbing me. In just minutes, I was bleeding to death. For Reagan, the nightmare was just beginning. In the ambulance, he could feel his body floating above the gurney, and yet he knew intellectually that his body was still on the gurney. It was like I was passing through the open mouth of an active volcano or a burning lake, he recalled. He saw the faces of people he knew, people who were dead. They told him, Ronnie, don't come here. There's no escape. My body jerked like I'd been electrocuted, he recalled. What he'd seen sure looked like hell. After he recovered, Reagan repented and dedicated his life to helping saving others. He's been sharing his story ever since across multiple cities, multiple states, and multiple nations. Today, he's a pastor emeritus. Emeritus? Emeritus? I hate that word. Don't, don't even ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag guess words. Today, he's pastor at the Meadow Church of God in Blount blunt county so i think that's interesting so we have somebody who went to hell and it caused them to turn their life around become a pastor right that hopefully he doesn't end up there yeah that's spooky yeah yes okay so this is my last story this comes from dr eben alexander and he has a book um that's called Proof of Heaven, A Neurosurgeon's Journey into the Afterlife. Ooh. He's a neurosurgeon, neurosurgeon. So I thought this was really exciting because, you know, brain Someone, doctor. I was going to say. <laughs> You're going to say brain doctor? <laughs> well, I was going to say that, you know, when it's, again, another doctor, especially one that has to work on your brain and is very intellectual. Yes. They also have a perspective of the afterlife, which is right. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So this comes from Newsweek.com. Newsweek.com. As a neurosurgeon, I did not believe in the phenomenon of near-death experiences. I grew up in a scientific world, the son of a neurosurgeon. I followed my father's path and became an academic neurosurgeon, teaching at Harvard Medical School and other universities. Look at that, Harvard. Harvard. I parked the car in Harvard Yard. (laughs) (laughs) How terrible was that? That was so bad. Because you got that Texas accent. I know, I can't, I can't. I can't, can't do it. Can't do it. Okay. Back in the story. I understand what happens to the brain when people are near death. And I had always believed that there were good scientific explanations for the heavenly out-of-body journeys described by those who narrowly escape death. The brain is an astonishingly, astonishingly sophisticated but extremely delicate mechanism. Mm-hmm. Reduce the amount of oxygen it receives by the smallest amount and it will react. It was no big surprise that people who had undergone severe trauma would return from their experiences with strange stories, but that didn't mean they had journeyed anywhere real. Although I considered myself a faithful Christian, I was so more in name than in actual belief. I didn't begrudge those who wanted to believe that Jesus was more than simply a good man who had suffered at the hands of the world. I sympathized deeply with those who wanted to believe that there was a God somewhere out there who loved us unconditionally. In fact, I envied such people, the security that those beliefs no doubt provided. But as a scientist, I simply knew better than to believe them myself. In the fall of 2008, however, after seven days in a coma during which the human part of my brain 
the neocortex was inactivated, I experienced something so profound that it gave me a scientific reason to believe in consciousness after death. I know how pronouncements like mine should, I know how pronouncements like mine sound to skeptics. Mm. Got their skeptic pants on. Skeptic. So I will tell my story with the logic and language of the scientist I am. Get it. Very Very early one morning, four years ago, I awoke with an extremely intense headache. Within hours, my entire cortex, the part of the brain that controls thought and emotion, and that in essence makes us human, had shut down. Doctors at Lynchburg General Hospital in Virginia, a hospital where I myself worked as a neurosurgeon, determined that I had somehow contracted a very rare bacterial meningitis that that mostly attacks newborns. E. coli bacteria had penetrated my cerebrospinal fluid and were eating my brain. What did he eat? Huh? I don't know. (laughs) E. coli. He got E. coli. (laughs) When I entered the emergency room that morning, my chances of survival and anything beyond a vegetative state were already low. They soon sank to near non-existent. For seven days, I lay in a deep coma, my body unresponsive, my higher order brain functions totally offline. Yikes. Then, on the morning of my seventh day in the hospital, as my doctors weighed whether to discontinue treatment, my eyes popped open. There is no scientific explanation for the fact that while my body lay in a coma, my mind, my conscious inner self, was alive and well. While the neurons of my cortex were stunned to complete inactivity by the bacteria that had attacked them, my brain-free consciousness journeyed to another, larger dimension of the universe. A dimension I'd never dreamed existed, and which the old, pre-coma me would have been more than happy to explain was a simple impossibility. But the dimension in a rough outline, the same one described by countless subjects of near-death experiences and other mystical states, is there it exists and what i saw and learned there had what i saw and learned there had placed me quite literally in a new world a world where we are much more than our brains and bodies and where death is not the end of consciousness but rather a chapter in a vast and incalculably positive journey did i say that right sure (laughs) i get it (laughs) oh words I'm not the first person to have discovered evidence that consciousness exists beyond the body. Brief, wonderful glimpses of this realm are as old as human history. But as far as I know, no one before me had ever traveled to this dimension. A, while their cortex was completely shut down, and B, while their body was under minute medical observation, as mine was for the full seven days of my coma. That's crazy. All the chief arguments against near-death experiences suggest that these experiences are the result of minimal, transient, or partial malfunctioning of the cortex. My near-death experience, however, took place not while my cortex was malfunctioning, but while it was simply off. This is clear from the severity and duration of my meningitis and from the global cortical involvement documented by CT scans and neurological examinations. According to current medical understanding of the brain and mind, there's absolutely no way that I could have experienced even a dim and limited consciousness during my time in the coma, Hmm. much less the hyper vivid and completely coherent odyssey I underwent. Odyssey. I like that word. Right. This is so cool. Yeah. Okay. 
It took me months to come to terms with what had happened to me, not just the medical impossibility that I had been conscious during my coma, but more importantly, the things that happened during that time. Toward the beginning of my adventure, I was in a place of clouds, big, puffy, pink-white ones that showed up sharply against the deep blue-black sky. Higher than the clouds, immeasurably higher, flocks of transparent, shimmery beings arched across the sky, leaving long, streamer-like lines behind them. That is, this is so cool. Birds? Angels? These would register later. Rockets? Rockets <laughs> and the rockets rock climb. Okay. Birds, angels, these would register later when I was writing down my recollections. But neither of these words do justice to the beings themselves. Navi? (laughs) 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 Which were quite simply different from anything I have known on this planet. They were more advanced, higher forms. A sound huge and booming like a glorious chant came down from above. And I wondered if the winged beings were producing it. Again, thinking about it later, it occurred to me that the joy of these creatures as they soared along was such that had, that had to make this noise, that if the joy didn't come out of them this way, they would simply not otherwise be, be able to contain it. The sound was palpable and almost material, like a rain that you could feel on your skin but doesn't get you wet. Seeing and hearing were not separate in this place where I now was. Hmm. I could hear the visual beauty of the silvery bodies of those scintillating beings above. And I could see the surging joyful perfection of what they sang. Yay, singing! Interesting. Singing! (laughs) It seemed that you could not look at or listen to anything in this world without becoming a part of it, without joining with it in some mysterious way. Again, from my present perspective, I would suggest that you couldn't look at anything in that world at all, at all, for the word at itself implies a separation that did not exist there. Everything was distinct, yet everything was also a part of everything else, like the rich and intermingled designs of a Persian carpet or a butterfly's wing. It gets stranger still. For most of my journey, someone else was with me, a woman. She was young, and I remembered what she looked like in complete detail. She had high cheekbones and deep blue eyes. Golden brown tresses framed her loving, lovely face. When first I saw her, we were riding along together on an intricately, intricately patterned surface, which after a moment I recognized as the wing of a butterfly. I was going to say, it's a magic carpet. (laughs) On a magic carpet ride, a whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. I love Nicole so much. Oh my gosh. I love it. (laughs) That's what it reminded me of. I was going to go, butterfly in the sky. (laughs) I can go twice as high. That's good too. Okay. All right. (laughs) Oh, my Nicole. Oh, man. Okay. In fact, millions of butterflies were all around us, vast fluttering waves of them dipping down into the woods and coming back up around us again. It was a river of life and color moving through the air. The woman's outfit was simple, like a peasant's, but its colors, powder blue, indigo, and pastel orange peach. That sounds beautiful. I was going to say, those are great colors. (laughs) I love that. 
had the same overwhelming, super vivid aliveness that everything else had. She looked at me with a look that if you saw it for five seconds would make your whole life up to that point worth living, no matter what had happened in it so far. It was not a romantic look. It was not a look of friendship. It was a look that was somehow beyond all these, beyond all the different compartments of love we have down here on earth. It was something higher, holding all those other kinds of love within itself, while at the same time being much bigger than all of them. Without using any words, she spoke to me. The message went through me like a wind, and I instantly understood that it was true. I knew so in the same way that I knew that the world around us was real, was not some fantasy passing or and unsubstantial. The message had three parts, and if I had to translate them into an earthly language, I'd say they ran something like this. You are loved and cherished dearly forever. You have nothing to fear. There is nothing you can do wrong. Aww. Isn't that sweet? The message flooded me with a vast and crazy sensation of relief. It was like being handed the rules to a game I'd been playing all my life without ever fully understanding it. We will show you many things here, the woman said again, without actually using these words, but by driving their conceptual essence directly into me. But eventually, you will go back. To this, I had only one question. Back where? A warm wind blew through, like the kind that sprung that spring up on the most perfect summer days, tossing the leaves of the trees and flowing past like heavenly water. A divine breeze. It changed everything, shifting the world around me into an even higher octave, a higher vibration. Although I still had little language function, at least as we think of it on earth, I began wordlessly putting questions to this wind and the divine being that I sensed at work behind or within it. Where is this place? Who am I? Why am I here? Each time I silently put one of these questions out, the answer came instantly in an explosion of light, color, love, and beauty that blew through me like a crashing wave. What was important about these blasts was that they didn't simply silence my questions by overwhelming them. They answered them, but in a way that bypassed language. Thoughts entered me directly, but it wasn't thought like we experience on earth. It wasn't vague, immaterial, or abstract. These thoughts were solid and immediate, hotter than fire and wetter than water. And as I received them, I was able to instantly and effortlessly understand concepts that it would have taken me years to fully grasp in my earthly life. I continued moving forward and found myself entering an immense void, completely dark, infinite in size, yet also infinitely comforting. Pitch black as it was, it was also brimming over with light, a light that seemed to come from a brilliant orb that I now sensed near me. The orb was a kind of interpreter between me and this vast presence surrounding me. It was as if I were being born into a larger world, and the universe itself was like a gi giant cosmic womb, and the orb, which I sensed was somehow connected with, or even identical to, the woman on the butterfly wing, was guiding me through it. Later, when I was back, I found a quotation by the 17th century Christian poet Henry Vaughan that came close to describing this magical place, this vast inky black core that was the home of the divine itself. There is, some say, in God a deep but dazzling darkness. Hmm. That was it exactly, an inky darkness that was also full to brimming with light. 
I know full well how extraordinary, how frankly unbelievable all this sounds. Had someone, even a doctor, told me a story like this in the old days, I would have been quite certain that they were under the spell of some delusion. But what happened to me was far from being delusional, as real or more real than any event in my life. That includes my wedding day and the birth of my two sons. What happened to me demands explanation. Modern physics tells us that the universe is a unity, that it is undivided. Though we seem to live in a world of separation and difference, physics tells us that beneath the surface, every object and event in the universe is completely woven up with every other object and event. There is no true separation. Before my experience, these ideas were abstractions. Today, they are realities. Not only is the universe defined by unity, it is also, I know now, defined by love. Mm. The universe, as I experienced it in my coma, I have come to see with both shock and joy, the same one that both Einstein and Jesus were speaking of in their very different ways. I've spent decades as a neurosurgeon at some of the most prestigious medical institutions in our country. I know that many of my peers hold, as I myself did, to the theory that the brain, and in particular the cortex, generates consciousness, and that we live in a universe devoid of any kind of emotion, much less the unconditional love that I now know God and the universe have towards us. But that belief, that theory, now lies broken at our feet. What happened to me destroyed it, and I intend to spend the rest of my life investigating the true nature of consciousness and making the fact that we are more, much more, than our physical brains as clear as I can, both to my fellow scientists and people at large. This new picture of reality will take a long time to put together. It won't be finished in my time or even, I suspect, my son's either. Mm. In fact, reality is too vast, too complex, and too irreducibly mysterious for a full picture of it ever to be absolutely complete. But in essence, it will show the universe as evolving, multidimensional, and, no and known down to its every last atom by a God who cares for us even more deeply and fiercely than any parent ever loved their child. I'm still a doctor and still a man of science, every bit as much as I was before I had my experience. But on a deep level, I'm very different from the person I was before because I've caught a glimpse of this emerging picture of reality and you can believe me when I tell you that it will be worth every bit of the work it will take us and those who come after us to get it right silence that's what I have for you guys today on ah! your death experiences Oh, That's I think a we're a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. We are going long today. That's okay. We've been going long. I'm so long winded. I can't help it. No, I love <laughs> it. No, that was really good. I really, really enjoy his perspective. Um, yeah, there's a lot to it, though. Yeah. And this is just an excerpt from his book. Holy cow. So if you guys want to read his book, this is Dr. Eben Alexander. And the book is called Proof of Heaven, A Neurosurgeon's Journey into the Afterlife. I think he's he's it's beautifully written. Oh yeah. And I think that it marries science and spirituality mm -hmm. very well. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it, I don't know. I am like, don't have anything to say after that. Cause it's just such a beautiful depiction of what he experienced mm -hmm. and how he can't explain it scientifically and how that really changed his view and how we need to 
broaden our understanding of what science and spirituality are to each other. Right. And how everything is absolutely Linked. connected. Yeah. Nothing is separate. No. And once we leave our physical form, we really experience mm-hmm. how there's no separation. Everything is one. Except for that guy that went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so live your life well, everybody. Yeah, Damn live it. your life well. <laughs> live your life with, with uh, just love. I I think that's the main thing to take from all of these stories. Yep. Love is at the center of everything. Love should be at the center of your life. Mic drop. I love it. Oh, man. Okay. So now it's time for... There's a lot to think about. And once you guys have gathered your thoughts, we want to hear them. You can email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com. You can also go over to our Podbean to see any notes. If you guys want to see any of these books or any of these articles or see any pictures from this story or any other previous podcast, go to podbean.com and look at the Ominous Stitch podcast. There's also a little button in the upper right corner that you can click on that says become a patron. You can join our patrons. We love them. We send you stuff. We give you shout outs. Sometimes we share your stories. Hi, Kate. Hey, Kate. Hey, Brittany, and hey, Mike. Let's say hi to everybody. Our patrons. (laughs) We love our patrons. So if you want to become a patron, please join our little patron army. And I, let's see, go to all of our social medias. (laughs) 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 And you can see this awesome iris stitch that Miss Nicole is doing. I'm so proud of her for doing it. And I'm tired, but we still have one more thing to do. (laughs) The opposite of that story. Oh, my gosh. And guys, before we dive into movie time, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrible at picking movies, but all right. We ready? It's movie time. It's movie time. This week's movie review is picked by Angela. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't have a good picker. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. We had to. Uh, It's called After Death and it was released in 2015. IMDb rating of 4.0 stars and the synopsis. Five young people wake up dead. Washed up by the tide, they scrambled to an abandoned beach house, soon realizing that the perpetual night and blasts of pain suggest this is some version of hell. Between infighting and attacks by a demonic shadow creature, they recall the collapse of the nightclub that brought them here and begin seeing hope of a second chance in the cabin's too mysterious painting. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I told Angela, I said, you know what? Sometimes we watch the bad horror movies for you so you don't so have to. So you don't to. have to. Yay. So we're probably going to do a lot of spoiler alerts on this movie because yeah. I suggest not to see it. Yeah, we... <laughs> You know, I chose it based on the topic. And I, I was choose like, terrible movies too. Don't worry. You're and not it alone. was free. Yes. So free, we free should learn our message. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, whatever. If you want to see a bad horror movie that looks like it, it's, well, first of all, it's from the UK. So right. that, that was kind of interesting is that their perspective on it was a perspective that I'm not familiar with. And it was their, the concept of afterlife was a very different concept than what I've seen before. So I don't know if that's a common ideology. Yeah, you got to tell me the UK or not. But it was I, interesting. I don't. I, I'm sorry. I have to be honest. Like I tried watching and I tried, you know, really investing. And then at one point they started explaining things and it just went over my head. Yeah. So okay. First of all, this is not. It's 
<laughs> not really a horror movie. It looks like it could be it's an episode kind of, of Doctor Who, Doctor Who, the way that it was shot. Yeah, there were definitely some, There's jump, some jump scares. scares there was a lot of sexual content. Yes, that's why it's TVMA, everybody. Do not watch this around kids. It was. It yeah. starts off with a bang. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Literally Start off with a threesome. <laughs> oh goodness me. Yeah. Okay. So what yeah. are your questions? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay. We we know that there's like I said, five people in this house. And they're all there. They all have, they think they're dead. They think they're not dead at the same time. And then they're like, that's what was like. Yeah, they think they could be alive or could not right. be dead. So there's one girl that keeps blipping. Yes. In and out, in and out, in and out. Okay. So we definitely know that she is not dead yet. Right. And I think maybe they aren't dead yet until the bubble collapses that's in on right. them. Okay, okay. That's what I think. And, she, and so, yeah, spoiler alerts, everybody. So the one that blips, she's able to escape. But they're saying that this is basically set up as a way to go to hell. That's what I was confused so, about. So, yes. Okay. So the concept <laughs> is there is a concept of heaven and hell. However, because we are all sinners and only the pure and clean can go to heaven, we don't. Nobody's gone to heaven. Because nobody's when you're, been to heaven. Th th I love that. They're like, I, I don't love that. Because you're a sinner when, when you're, you're born. When you're born, because you need things and you're crying for things. I'm like, no, you are the pure, innocent form. You have no concept of good and evil at that point. You cannot yeah. be a sinner. So the idea is that they're in this kind of waiting period. It's kind of like a purgatory, but it's the moment where they get to choose if they are moral yes. or if they're going to sin. Yeah. So and at so this point, if once the, when the bubble collapses, if they were able to resist sinning while they were there, while they're there, then they can go to heaven. But nobody has resisted sinning while they're in the, the bubble before the, the bubble collapses. So they all get taken to hell. Yeah. But the main character, Robin, she yes. sinned on Earth. But she I didn't see her doing anything wrong. And well, she lied. She didn't tell everybody that it was her fault and she wasn't repentant oh, well. and wasn't apologetic. She didn't lie. She just didn't tell she, <laughs> The omission of truth is a lie. I guess so. But yeah, it was just, yeah, this movie made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> and then so at the end then, so they're saying if you take th this weird entity then is all all over. That's the scary part of this whole movie is this like shadow, this shadow like what is it? Like a smoke character. Every time they sin, he gets stronger and he comes and he does exactly what they sinned in their lives to them in a yeah, way, which yeah. is stupid because that guy <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah, because uh, it's all about sex. <laughs> yeah, not. I was like, really? Yeah. But so at the end, they're trying to get him to what? To it? One has to like carry them to heaven. I, that's what I was Yes, so they entrapped the soul, or the the, the they figured the out demon. that if you have if you have any objects that you brought with you from Earth, Earth, you can trap that demon with that object. Which, again, I, doesn't make, doesn't any, make sense. any sense because so, I thought physical things don't really shouldn't exist. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. yeah. So the girl that blips brought a bracelet back, and then she brought a blanket, blanket. back. Mm. And that's how she could tell, oh, I'm not really dead. I keep coming back right. and forth. 
I don't know how the vodka got there. Was he like? And I love that did the he vodka die was with the like, vodka in his hand. He said he had. Yeah, he said he stole the VIP box, and I'm guessing he was holding it when everybody collapsed. Oh, okay. The, but it was like <laughs> never-ending vodka. Like they were yeah. drinking and drinking and drinking, and it would just never stop. And yeah. then he even said, "I feel like I'm not even getting drunk." But then they can stab each other and die again, and like, yeah, <laughs> to make any sense, he got hurt. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was weird too because they. They said you There's like you can't hurt each other, but yeah. then they were hurting each yes. other, and then you can't die again. But then they were dying, and her again, back and was broken, and she's laying there in pain and suffering, and an afterlife. Like, yeah, I I don't know. I didn't like that. Yeah, it contradicted yes. itself on many levels, so just many because levels. it was convenient to what they were trying yes, to tell. Yes, exactly. And yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It was. I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah this movie was a trip because in a bad way because I was like this is this is silly but anyway yeah it, it was tra- it was a little re- relevant to our story time yeah it's like way. it was their version of what they think afterlife is and yes nobody goes to heaven which like the whole time I was when they were introducing that concept I was like the good place is such a better telling of that idea uh, than yes. <laughs> I love, the, I good love place. the good place. It's a good it's show. So good. But like, so they're saying no one has gone to heaven. No one has gone to heaven. Except now in 2017. <laughs> yeah. So. So Jesus. She is- she tricked. Yeah. Yeah. No one went to heaven because everyone sins from the beginning. And no one can resist sin when they're in their, their bubble place before they move on to death. And so everyone is trapped in hell. And the way to get rid of that is to take a sinner to heaven. heaven. Right. So once that happens, everybody is free. Everybody is free, which means there is no afterlife at all. So when you die, you're, you're just, just that's it. You go to heaven. No. Oh. When you die, that's it. There's no afterlife at all because it destroys all afterlife. I hate this movie. So it's either <laughs> it's either you spend eternity in hell or you die and then that's it. That's there's it. There's nothing. And then the bubble is gone. Yeah. There's no there's no bubble. There's no anything. Everyone's just released from hell and nothing exists. So yeah, don't see this movie. <laughs> you don't need to. We watched it for you. We watched you. it for you. Uh, how many stitches would you give it? Oh, like negative one. Oh, you really hated this I one. I did not like this movie. I'm never going to rewatch this movie. Yeah, No. And I hated no that concept. To. I hated the concept. Yeah. And it's, the sexual gratuity of it is because of the sinning, but it's so unnecessary. It, yeah. I mean, it was like on the verge of being a little pornographic. Yes. Thing. Yeah. yeah. The whole beginning scene. I'm like, it's, just, it's a threesome. Yeah, it's a threesome. <laughs> and it's it graphic. It's a and it's, I mean, there's, you don't see anything. You know, yeah. Everyone's just clothed. Yeah. But you see the nature of it. And yeah. then the guy gets raped by a demon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. This is stupid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not. Sorry, I'm not a big Nicole. fan. Don't be sorry. I'm glad I watched it to to review it, mm-hmm. but I will never watch it again. This is your first negative review, probably. So it's not a negative twenty five like frailty. <laughs> that was a good one. I though. would give it a zero. Okay. It. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to watch it again. But no. it's. It didn't upset me. Upset me. I was just like, this is dumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a negative one still. Yeah. Don't watch it, everybody. Yeah, don't watch it. Sorry. Yay. Whoever made this. Make a better movie. <laughs> <It was laughs> the 
<laughs> Nicole is calling you out. Make a better movie. You could do it. You had some okay actors. You could have, you had some cool concepts in, in a way, like almost, and then you just destroyed it all. I'm sorry. So yeah, yeah don't contradict yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a fun <laughs> podcast. If you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, let us know. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you think Nicole is wrong and you love Afterlife, it uh, is your favorite movie. After death. After death. Because there is a show called Afterlife or a movie. Oh, is there? Yes. So don't get those confused. Oh, sorry. This is After Death. After Death. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to confuse this one with the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Afterlife is a comedy drama. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I had to look it After up. After Death. Yes. Because that would upset Nicole. Watch Afterlife. Sure. Do not watch After no. Death. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, okay. this has been another super yeah, fun thanks episode. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> We've had a lot of roller coasters up in this episode, uh, but we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. And until next time, we'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Uh,